and welcome to That Tech Pod, where we discuss all things e-discovery, data privacy, cybersecurity, tech innovations. I'm Laura Milstein, and I know a little bit about technology. And I'm Kevin Albert, and I know a little bit as well, but honestly, I'm not even supposed to be here today. That's right. For everybody listening, you're probably wondering, where's Gabby today? We're wondering the same thing. She didn't show up. I'm just kidding. Gabby is still the co-host, but unfortunately she couldn't make today's episode. So Kevin, who heads up our education department, which hopefully you know this by now, and hopefully you listen to us all the time, is stepping in as a co-host with me today. So Kevin, thanks uh, for being here. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for uh, let me, uh, get into the big chair. <laughs> yeah. So every episode we bring on heavy headers in the industry to help us break down exciting topics like the ones I previously mentioned. And so Kevin, as our uh, guest co-host, can you tell everyone who our guest is today? Absolutely. We have Kylie Vodich, uh, General Manager of the Americas for Safety Culture. Kylie oversees a committed team who supports hundreds of businesses across the U.S. to improve workplace operations, including companies such as JetBlue, Scott's Miracle-Gro, Air Canada, and Dollar General. With the power of innovative tech, her team helps to give workers a voice and leaders visibility. Um, Kylie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So, Kylie, usually at this point, this is Gabby loves to do this. She likes to jump in and be like, so Kylie, tell us everything about yourself. And since she's not here, I'm excited to get to, to have my moment. So, Kylie, uh, who are you? And I mean that in the greatest way possible. But who are you? How did you start in this industry? What is safety culture? Tell us everything. So my name is Kylie Vodich, as Kevin had mentioned. Um, and I work for a company called Safety Culture, which is is a company that creates products for all kinds of teams across the world. I'll get into that here in a little bit, but a little bit about me. I've been in tech and SaaS for or software as a service for the last eight to nine years of my career. Before that, I was a division one soccer player. So I bring that a lot to my work every day. I'm super competitive. I, I love the SaaS industry. It's been um, an interesting ride. I actually started out working with customers as what we would call a customer success manager and grew my way into the sales side of things where I just found it as easy to consult with customers about how to use different technologies. And whether that was at a previous company that I worked for where we were selling data analytics kinds of tools to government agencies, um, but found my way to safety culture. It was a, a random Australian company at the time that I joined and I thought it sounded pretty cool. And the mission was we're going to help save people's lives. And I thought, how cool is that, that we get to help people every single day? What I didn't know is it's just the power of how many people we could help. So now as the general manager of the America's business, I get to oversee a handful of teams that help our customers adopt our products. I also work with teams that go out and sell into our current customer base. And then I also get to work closely with our product teams who sit in our Australian office. But really my goal is to help our people grow and develop and, and bring in as much revenue for our America's business as possible. I like that we want to save lives. When I hear safety culture, I immediately am like, put your seatbelt on quickly. This is safety. This is what we're doing. Um, so, but I like that. I think, you know, your background in soccer is exciting and totally different than technology and moving to a SaaS model of sales is obviously competitive and stressful, but, but also very 
different. I guess either way, you're in the field. No, bad joke. (laughs) But I think, you know, when you look at sales, there's so many types where even if you look at like pharmaceutical sales, like you make a lot of money to essentially kill people and with a lot of those products. And I think when it comes to technology, it's always changing and always growing. And you have to find the right kind of tech that is actually benefiting people and not just kind of either replacing people or having more harm than it does good. So it's sort of a tough middle ground. So how did you know when you came to safety culture that this was a this was a type of you know technology that was actually helping people? What was it about the company or the product or anything that really led you to feel I'm, I'm actually doing something good at this company? Yeah, it's a super interesting question. And there's probably five different answers to answer you. I thought I, I thought I wanted to be in law school when I got out of college. I, I thought that was the, the ride for me. And I quickly learned that the lifestyle and actually helping people was quite interesting. Like it actually, I don't know if I could really help people just systematically. And I came out and I randomly found this job and thought, okay, I'm helping people with technology to be safer in the workplace. That's that's all I knew about safety culture at the time. And I started talking to our senior leadership team because at the time I had joined when there was 77 people in the company. I was number seven just here in the Americas. And now we're we're I think we're past 700 people. So the company has grown over time and and so was the product. But when I initially joined, I started talking to the CEO and the COO at the time. And they just started telling me stories of customers who had known that our technology had helped save someone's life about not falling off a roof. And I thought... Okay, that's that's super interesting. I don't know of many other products, especially in the Kansas City area, um, that I could go work for a company like that. So when I joined, I thought, oh, this will be like kind of a cheesy, fun, I'll help save people's lives kind of thing, but maybe it'll give me some sort of greater purpose. And then when I started to dive into how we're helping, not only are we, and I, I guess I can get into a little bit about what we do, but Safety Culture is the, the parent company. They create technology like a tool called iAuditor. It's a digital inspection application. And it's really, it's, it's almost the world's largest platform for digital inspections. So that's what we've been squarely known as for a long time, probably the last 10 years. And as the company has developed and, and the more product we've put in and more functionality and the other businesses we've acquired over time, we've been able to do much more than just provide inspections to customers, train your staff, assign actions, send out mass communications to teams who are in dispersed locations. There's all kinds of things that we're trying to do from a end-to-end journey of providing a full platform for any kind of customer. And that could be a mom and pop shop that's testing the temperature of the food that they're providing, whether it's a quiche or a scone, that could be a mom and pop shopping using us all the way to a major manufacturer that you would probably know the name of, which Kevin, you mentioned a few customers earlier, but they're using it for facility inspections or they're assigning tasks based on things that need to be fixed or, or close the loop on. So there's all kinds of customers that we can help. And I think we've got close to around 30,000 organizations today that we do help today. And we've only scratched the surface. And so I think about all the things that we've been able to do with just the 30,000. And I hear from customers all day long about how not only impactful it makes it for their for their lives and how it can optimize their workday, but it's it's helped propel people's careers, helps 
get them promoted into the next job. So it's been really fascinating to watch all the different benefits across the journey. I've been here for almost six years and it's definitely a greater purpose that I can help serve these customers. Sounds great. And I 100% agree with the not going to law school. I, I definitely, uh, my own personal journey had that same thought. I was going to be go to law school, maybe even go to like the Senate and turn a uh, hard, sharp right to a different path. So I definitely get that. One of the things I always kind of find interesting is, is sort of how people get other people to adopt technology, new processes. You know, what are some of the things that you see um, as different strategies to kind of help people who, you know, may or may not need this technology kind of decide we do need this. We do need this tool. We do need this software or what have you. And how do you get them to really buy in? How do you get them to adopt and you start using your tools? Yeah. Without boring you too much, I think I think the number one thing that um, makes safety culture different from other companies and things that I've seen in the industry and other tools, if you aren't building for the front end or the end user, they're not going to be adopted. It's just like, unfortunately, that's, that's not going to work out where you have tons and tons and thousands and millions of people wanting to use our product. If it's not easy and if it's not catered to their every need and if it's not something that makes my life easier, I'm not going to use it. I mean, I think the three of us could agree that we're not using tools that aren't going to make our life easier or bring me a hit of dopamine or, you know, just make my life generally better. Um, so I think that the amazing thing that I've seen here at Safety Culture and, you know, at a couple other companies is that you've got to build your product for the front front end or the, the front um, frontline user. And it's a core belief of ours that if you're connecting the people on the front line with your business leaders, you're probably getting more information about what's actually going on at the surface than if you're just as a business leader expecting to know all the answers based on, you know, a bit of information that you may gather here and there and over time. But yeah, our core belief is that you've got to you've got to build and you've got to think about the frontline user and everything that you do, whether it's a go-to-market strategy or a product strategy, it, it, you have to think about the front end. Sure. I was just going to ask about just different sort of the integrations, right? I mean, we hear about the internet of things and different pieces of technology that are now talking to the web and that kind of thing, you know, how you can, you know, like order food from your refrigerator and, and things like that. Are you integrating into different outside technologies that we might not necessarily think of? And, and can you ca- talk about how that works? And yeah, it's, it's a really good question. So the first, our, our stance as a business is we should be operating with other tools so that your life becomes as seamless using our tool or if it's another tool, right? And we should put information where you need it. So that's absolutely our our um, stance on how we should integrate. But the other component that we think about is how do we, from end to end, give you a great experience? And that's for us, for a lot of our customers, it's more than just inspections. It's how do I communicate effectively to my teams around a policy update? And so we're building features about how you quickly and easily send a quick video communication, right? We, we're all on our phones all day long. We've got apps for days and we have to meet people where they're at. And so we're trying to integrate those kinds of things into our product. And, you know, we've got a great visionary leader in our CEO and his name is Luke Kinnear. And I always joke, he's, he's actually a hologram when you're standing next to him because he's He's five to 10 years from today. He's thinking about the future. And two of the things that are really exciting, at least we're, we're really excited about and our customers are really excited about, we're, we're starting to think about how we become a marketplace 
for protective equipment. So if our customers are doing an inspection, let's just say they're on the side of a, a building, they're washing your windows and they need a harness and they need to quickly go and buy a harness, they can do that through our marketplace. So that's one thing that we're really thinking about is insurance and how that plays into all these other businesses that we service. So can we, the, the customers that are taking risk mitigation seriously and using tools like iAuditor and other tools that we've acquired, help train your staff and all these other things, do you get lower premiums based on some of the things that you're doing to mitigate risk? So there's all kinds of things that we're thinking about from a business perspective. And we definitely want to be more integrated into the end-to-end journey for our customers. So Hopefully that answers your question, Kevin. Kevin, did you answer your uh, question? It definitely does. And I appreciate that. So Kylie, um, I think everything you're saying is, is good and it makes sense. And I think your journey to where you are is great. And it sounds like you're happy with your company, but... I want to actually take a step away from all of that and just kind of ask you a general question. A lot of times people have an awesome product. They have the coolest. I, my company is better than everyone's. My product is like incredible. And maybe it is like I might have the best product in the world, but if no one knows how to use it, who cares? If no one knows it exists, does it exist? How are you personally, when you're talking to clients, when you're going to companies, how do you get people away from like that fear of change? How are you looking at staff and people and getting them to adapt to new processes around technology? So again, like you could have the greatest company, the greatest product, but how do you actually meet with people and, and get people to, to not be as scared to try something new? Everyone's scared of change and it's really hard to change, especially the industries that we play in because they've done things with, they've always done them for years and years and years and, it, and it's worked for the most part. So I think there's a couple things. The first is you, you have to be able to show them what the outcome is. You can talk about all the, all the amazing things about your product, yada, yada, no one really cares. But if you tell someone that it's going to make them look better, that they're going to have the data that they need to take to their boss who's asking for those kinds of questions and answers, they're going to think twice, okay, maybe this will make my life easier. There's got to be some sort of personal connection to where this is going to help me in my own day to day. So I think when you're thinking about customers, it's what is the outcome? So, and let's work back from that. So if you want to be at X part in your business or you want to play in this kind of scenario, how do we work back from that together? And you're playing a very consultative approach on we're going to work through this together. So that's that's absolutely one. I think the other that I've seen be really successful is can you tell a good story around another customer that's similar to them? Can you say, hey, Laura, I know exactly the kind of person you are. I actually worked with that person over at ABC Company and I helped this person do X, X, and X. And I'd like to do the same with you. Would you would you take that journey with me? So I, th I think there's a couple things and obviously that's more of the go-to-market sales side. But if you can tell a really cool story on how this company has achieved X outcome, and you're showing, hey, you're very similar in these kinds of ways, and I'm willing to work with you day in and day out. That's how we've gotten our products adopted so far across the globe. Do you find, though, that that comes across as real salesy or kind of cheesy? I mean, how do you do that? How do you tell that story without having it come across as hokey? I think there's a couple ways that you can do that. You obviously have to be pretty authentic, and people can smell inauthenticity. If you're going into a conversation saying, I know how to solve every problem before you're listening to the customer on the other end, telling you what their problem is, you're probably going to come off as pretty salesy. I think there's also a component of here's what we can accomplish together. Here's what we're not going to be able to do together. And we take that journey together. But I think if you're authentic and if you're 
if you're acting like you're an extension of their business, at least that's the, that's the, that's the stance that we've taken on our end is that we want to, we want to work for you, you know, 51% of the time Yeah, we work for safety culture, the other 49%. Kelly, I have um, a game I'd like to play with you. Do you accept the challenge? Okay. Okay. I accept so, the challenge. Have you heard of fuck, Mary kill? Yes. So this I is <laughs> a, yeah. Okay, good. So this is a fuck, Mary kill situation, or you could even, you know, do fuck, Mary chill. No, we want to kill one. Fuck, Mary kill. So it's got TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. And the fuck, Mary kill is going to be, um, fuck as in that one is maybe the social media platform that you're like, I'll use it occasionally, but I'm not like dedicated to it. Mary is like, this is the platform for the rest of my life that I want to use all the time. And then kill, I think it's pretty self-explanatory, but I never want this platform again. And I know people are probably like, how is this relevant? It is relevant. So what are your answers? I would instantly kill Facebook. Instantly, yeah, it's um, dead, dead yeah. in the water to me already. I would kill all of them if I'm being honest. That's gonna mm. be a little controversial, but no, I like it. I would, I would marry Instagram because I can still learn a few things there, and then I would fuck it. TikTok, okay, just like to get it, it over with, be done with it. That's what I think. Yes. <laughs> okay, so in a tech space, a lot of people are using social media to get their company out there to to sell their products and things like that. And that's kind of why I wanted to ask this question to you. And then you just said you'd kill them all. What is your stance when it comes to marketing and social media brand awareness? It's an interesting one. And we've taken a little bit of a different approach than maybe some other software companies in the past, but we are, we're pretty high on brand ambassadors. And what I mean by that is we spend less money on the traditional, we're going to email and call you all day long and send you ads all day long. And we'd rather put our name behind companies that you're probably going to see on a weekend or you're probably going to see when you turn on the TV. So there are a couple of brand ambassadors, some that come to mind, the Brentford Bees out of Europe. We are a sponsor for that team, which has been really excited to see them win over a period of time. But we're on we're on all their branding and, and jerseys, which is, which is pretty fun. Another one, we've got a couple in Australia. We've done M Sport. We've done, we've looked into NASCAR, things that we can put our logo behind that we know um, our, our target audience is, is already there. So how can we spend money? And that's a significant amount of money on places where a lot of our customers are going to be looking and watching and enjoying. Tyler, you've been great. I think this has really been interesting. One of the things is kind of the data side of, of the technology. Are you guys storing the data? Are you you know hosting things in the cloud? What data are you tracking? What data are you maintaining? What volumes of data are you talking about? Can you talk more about kind of that side of this? Yes. So we have millions and millions of points of data coming in. We've got 30,000 orders using us. So, I mean, every, every day we have customers that are doing upwards of seven to eight checks or communicating with their teams multiple times a day. So lots of data is being stored. We store all of our information in the cloud on AWS services. Awesome. Do you have any advice for our audience? Uh, anything we can kind of take away or things you would recommend for, for our folks as they go forward? I think if you're not in the tech industry, you better make your way over. It's it's not going to go away. It's it's only going to get more and more prominent in everything that we do if, if you've not already gotten on that bandwagon. I think if you're looking for a company that you want to grow into, find a place that, that you can do a bunch of different things. 
try on a bunch of different hats. For someone like me who thought I wanted to go to law school and didn't quite know what I wanted to do, all I wanted to do was just get my hands dirty and roll up my sleeves and try a bunch of different things and figure out what I didn't like. So that's probably someone earlier starting in their career. And then find something that you actually are passionate about. Find a find a mission that you resonate with. Find a company that you can really learn a lot from amazing people. But hopefully that's that's a couple of things. Yeah. Join us in the tech field. I love it. Uh, Kali, you've been so great today. Thank you so much for joining us. Right before um, Kevin and I officially wave goodbye to you, we did want to ask you, since you played soccer, are you still a fan? Who's your team? Women's, men's, both. We want to hear about it. Okay. I am still a fan. I don't quite play as often as I would like to, but Casey Current. Okay. My my friend plays on the <laughs> LA team. So shout out to Paige Nielsen on whatever the LA team is, the Angels, I think. Well, thanks so much for, for joining us today. You were great. We really appreciate your time. So thank you again for joining us. Thank you so much. So, Kevin, we just spoke with Kylie Uvodich, the general manager at Safety Culture. She was sweet. She was a, she was nice. Um, I I did like her, and I I like kind of the the aspect of looking at you know when you're she's in such a different role that it's interesting to see kind of how do you talk to different companies? How do you approach people when trying to get them excited about your product? I don't think it's more, you know, about her company or her product. I think it's more of the idea of having the greatest product of all time or, you know, even if you just think it is and it's the worst, how do you present that so others see it, especially in a world of change? And then looking at just technology as a whole, changing so much and, and what that looks like. And I like that you asked more of the technical kind of integration type questions. Um, and I think when you're talking to new companies and approaching them and, and you're talking to different people in different roles, some people really want that. Tell me more about the integration while as others are just sort of like, I don't want to change anything. I'm great. I'm still using a fax machine and it's awesome. Uh, but what, what were your tech takeaways well, I, I, from today's? Yeah, agreed. I think one of the interesting things I thought was uh, about her was how she was talking about being authentic, right? I think, and I definitely think mm -hmm. she came across very authentic and I think using sort of stories that you can relate from one company to another is really sort of a key because I think one of the things she said was to try to come across as not real sales. And I think that's a big thing in our industry. You get a lot of, you know, sort of techie folks who are really either too far in the weeds and can't relate to humans, or you get salespeople who are kind of scummy salesperson who are over the top and over the top enthusiastic and you don't yeah. get a lot of the sort of middle ground. There's not really that customer success person, as she was mentioning, who really kind of integrates the both worlds together. And I think she really came across as that person. And I think I really liked the way she kind of presented the story. I, I agree. I think we have too many salespeople in this market that are literally like, let me uh, tell you how great this tech is and uh, work with me. And then you don't have enough that actually know what they're selling. They're like reading a script or they're just saying, what they're told, but they can't actually go in and use the tech. And then when you have the tech people, it's almost like in a lot of these companies, they're, they're too technical and they're speaking to people in such a technical way that you want a hybrid. I think it is so important for salespeople to actually know what they're selling and be able to use those products or they shouldn't be selling. And for 
tech people to understand that not everyone is as technical as they are and be able to kind of dumb it down a little bit. And I don't like to say dumb it down because I just said it, but, but it's speak English because not everyone speaks tech and it is in a sense, a different language. And so I think there should be kind of a middle ground and she, she did come off like she could be a middle ground person. And I love people like that. So shout out to you, Kylie. Uh, if you want to hear more about safety culture, if you want to learn more about Kylie in general, or you have questions on how should you approach companies? How should you get people to see how great your product is? Or on the flip side, if you're a company looking to figure out how you can know, is this actually a unicorn, or as I like to call it, a Dumbo elephant, or is this just a generic product that's out mm-hmm. there? Please reach out to us at contact at thattechpod.com. If you want to be a guest on our show or suggest anyone to be on our show, also contact us at, that's right, contact at thattechpod.com. If you haven't already, make the right choice and swing over to www.thattechpod.com. Enter your email so you can subscribe to us and make sure you're not missing anything going on, wearing some super cool swag. Uh, and then, you know, check us out on LinkedIn slash thattechpod, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I don't- well, Gabby always plugs the, uh, give us a five-star review. That's the big thing we always end on. Yeah. What is that on Apple Podcasts? Yeah. People. I think wherever you get your podcasts, but for sure on Apple. Yes, definitely. Uh, reach out to us. We want to hear from you and we might love you. So love us back. And with that being said, see you next week. 